0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, the show that's so nice. We do it twice. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, bunch of podcasts. Already did the... Business of Sports. Andrew Brandt did that earlier this week with Trey Wingo. I had that same Andrew Brandt on the Ross Tucker Football podcast today, going over the Eagles quarterback situation among about a million different things, Des Bryant and COVID and everything going on. So check that out. Just finished recording the Even Money podcast with Steve Fezzik. I was up six units last week. He was up five units last week. So you're going to want to listen to that. Or watch it on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. This is the Fantasy Feast podcast. It's the best fantasy football podcast out there because of Joe Dolan. At FG underscore Dolan. Joe is the rock star for fantasypoints.com. Use the code FEAST. Finish strong. Win the playoffs. Win rings. It's about wins. It's about championships. It's about bragging rights. Get over the top the next couple of weeks with FantasyPoints.com. Code Feast. Here we go, Joe. No buys. We're not messing around. Playoff time for a lot of people. Maybe some people are next week. Whatever. It's crunch time, and it's Patriots-Rams on Thursday night.
1: And it's, uh, this is not really an, a very appealing fantasy game, at least from one end, that being the end of uh, the New England Patriots. Cam Newton, the first quarterback, To start and win a game with under 100 yards passing in two straight weeks since Brady Quinn in 2009, Um, the the Patriot passing game is just a disaster right now. And you know Cam Newton hasn't played great. He also doesn't have any receivers. Nikhil Harry hasn't been um, lived up to his draft billing. That goes without saying. James White hasn't uh, hasn't been effective out of the backfield, probably because Cam's at the quarterback and they're changing some things. It's just a, a team that I'm not really – I mean, really the only guy who I feel good about starting for fantasy from New England is Cam Newton because he gets the rushing touchdowns. And, you know, the, the, the problem with Cam getting the rushing touchdowns is I would argue the guy on their offense who's been the most impressive this year is running back Damian Harris, but he has only two touchdowns because Cam gets, gets the work at the goal line. So, look, you just mentioned it. It's playoff time. It's week fourteen. There is nobody on by. The New England Patriots are just one of those teams I would prefer to ignore at this point. Um, Cam Newton is a viable starting quarterback. But again, you know, again, nobody on by. How good do you feel about Cam Newton going up against that Ram defense? I don't feel particularly good about the Patriots' side of the ball in this game.
0: Okay, let's get to the, the Rams part of it.
1: Yeah, the one guy who I'm watching right now, again, this is a a five-and-a-half point line, so close to a touchdown right now. Um, is the status of Cam Akers, who's really started to come alive the last couple weeks for the LA Rams? The problem is um, he's dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury, and we're dealing with um, uh, and we're dealing with a Thursday night game, so a short week. Uh, I believe he's he's limit. He was limited in practice on Tuesday. Didn't practice on Monday. As of recording, we don't know if he's going to have a game designation, but just keep an eye on that because if Cam Akers can't play, then Daryl Henderson becomes a lot more appealing. You know, um, Stephon Gilmore still playing at a pretty high level overall, if not to the level where he won defensive player of the year last season. So um, I, I don't know if he's going to follow Robert Woods. I would I would assume not because the Rams just move people all around the formation. They've started to really get it into Woods and Cup's hands more. So both of those guys are in your lineup. And quarterback Jared Goff, in his career on Thursday Night Football, nine touchdown passes, one interception. Everybody on earth hates Thursday night football. If you're part of football Twitter, oh, why do they do this, cancel them, the games are sloppy. Not Jared Goff. Jared Goff comes out and says this week, oh, I prepared just like any other game. Well, it's worked for him. Nine touchdowns, one interception on Thursday night football. But just keep in mind that Patriot defense, which got after Justin Herbert last week. This is a tough matchup for, for Jared Goff. For the Rams, I'm I, I still think Goff's a low end starting quarterback in this matchup. You have to play Woods and Cup as wide receiver two type guys. Keep an eye on the status of that backfield. But again, we are starting to get to the point where guys like Tyler Higby, Josh Reynolds, these guys aren't even in consideration because we have all thirty-two teams playing this week.
0: What about Joe? The Vikings at the Bucks, Bucks coming off the bye.
1: Well, you got the box in that great run defense and you wonder is, is this the type of game where now the Vikings are going to have to continue throwing the football with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins has been putting up numbers uh the last number of weeks and you know last week it looked bad at the, at the start like Kirk Cousins I think he had under 100 yards passing um, very close to halftime, and then things really picked up. He ends up throwing for three touchdowns. Thielen and Jefferson are both wide receiver ones at this point. There's no two ways about that. Um, Kyle Rudolph's been kind of quiet, uh, even though Irv Smith has been uh, injured, so he's not really in consideration right now, and you're obviously playing Dalvin Cook. You know, I think we talked on last week's podcast about how they were thinking, hey, we might need to start limiting Dalvin Cook. We might need to start resting Dalvin Cook. Then, then Alexander Madison has to get his appendix out. And Dalvin Cook touches the ball nearly 40 times last week. I would think um, he's still going to get a lot of work. The passing game is going to be pretty critical for Dalvin Cook this week, though, against that really nasty buck run defense. The, the, the Vikings are an easy team right now. You're playing Dalvin Cook, you're playing Thielen, and you're playing Justin Jefferson. Um, I, I think Thielen and Jefferson in that passing game is more important against the Bucs uh, than, uh, than the run game will be. I don't know if the Vikings are going to treat it like that. You know they're going to give the ball to Dalvin Cook, but I think Kirk Cousins is a low-end streaming quarterback this week as well. For instance, if you were to ask me, Kirk Cousins, even in this tough matchup, for Cam Newton, I would take Kirk Cousins ten times out of ten. The Vikings are six and a half point underdogs in Tampa Bay. That's good news for Kirk Cousins having to throw the football.
0: So, what about for the Bucks off the bye? Uh, and the
1: Bucks is—they've just been a weird team. They've been kind of like a a more extreme version of the Rams this year, in which you know you have these games where. Jared Goff gets under pressure and he looks lost. And then he had the games where he's thrown for 350 and four touchdowns. Tom Brady has been kind of the same guy this year. Um, all these all these numbers that he's put up, but it's been inconsistent. And now he's under siege and Bruce Arians is calling him out. The, the thing with the Bucs, though, is they've just kind of been a team where you got to start everybody for fantasy and suck it up. I think across the board. Evans, Godwin, and Antonio Brown. Evans and Godwin more like wide receiver twos. Um, Antonio Brown a wide receiver three. Gronk is a weekly starter at tight end. It, it's kind of amazing how Tom Brady has all these weapons and this new system and this new team and this new city, and he still goes back to the thing that makes him comfortable, Rob Gronkowski. You can tell that Rob Gronkowski in a critical situation is Tom Brady's go-to guy for better or worse. So uh, I'm, I'm, Gronk is in your lineup at, right now. Uh, as a tight end one and Tom Brady against this Viking defense is indeed a quarterback one I actually prefer him in this matchup to Kirk Cousins Um, you might have some some uh, quabbles with that but um, I I think at home that off the bye this is a good week for the Buccaneers to attack and at at running back Ronald Jones is the only guy you can play right now Leonard Fournette really just has not uh, has has not come through in the last number of weeks
0: the Arizona Cardinals feel broken right mm. now, Joe, and they're planning it's a good Giants defense. Yeah, this game's
1: off the board right now because uh, we don't know about Daniel Jones' status. Um, and and qu- frankly, Ross, do we know uh, exactly what Kyler Murray I- I is doing? He he seems unwilling to throw the ball down the field. And early in the season, there was that problem. There was a couple of games early in the year where everything was a checkdown for Kyler. Um, And early in the season, we were wondering why. Now I think you can blame the shoulder injury. I think you can say he's not running as much. He's not throwing the ball down the field as much because he has that throwing shoulder injury. But it is a huge problem right now because he is somebody, if you you advance to this point for fantasy, he is somebody who carried you to this point. So you don't want to miss the train. On Kyler Murray, getting back to the Kyler Murray, who even when he wasn't throwing the ball well early in the season, was carrying 10 times for 85 yards and a touchdown every week. You don't want to miss a train on that guy. But if he's not going to be throwing the ball well, we need him to run. That has not been the case the last couple weeks. I I think he has under 50 yards rushing the last two weeks combined. That's not going to get it done when Kyler Murray isn't throwing the ball down the field well. And uh, his, his inability to throw down the field, whether it's injury or something else or both, has completely neutered Christian Kirk, who can't be in your lineup right now. Um, I, I, I think for like 25 minutes in that game last week, he had one completion, and it was on a complete busted coverage on the touchdown to Dan Arnold. So um, it, it's really rough to be sitting here telling you, Kyler Murray is somebody you might have to make a decision on. I understand you don't want to miss that train. And it, look, I in the leagues where I have Kyler Murray and I'm in the playoffs, he's the only quarterback on my roster. I'm like living or dying right now. But, I mean, I understand if like you're like, man, Taysom Hill the last couple weeks has been doing the rushing production that Kyler Murray hasn't been. I understand why you might have a little bit of an internal debate. And in the backfield for them, I think Kenyon Drake's an RB2. Uh, Chase Edmonds is an RB3. That's somebody. Chase Edmonds, by the way, and I know we'll have offseason podcasts, Ross. He is somebody who I uh, I think I'd, I'd like to attach a rocket ship to his back for how I feel about him next year. But for right now, he's just a flex play, and you are playing DeAndre Hopkins despite the tough matchup with James Bradbury.
0: All right. Um, on the other side, the Giants—they kind of got the run game going a little bit with Wayne Gallman. What do we need to know fantasy-wise for the G-men?
1: Well, if you want somebody—if uh, you want somebody in this receiving core uh, in your lineup, you better hope Daniel Jones plays. Uh, Evan Ingram having trouble with drops—he's had them all year. Uh, he was at least targeted; he was targeted eight times by Colt McCoy last week, but he had an interception go right off his hands. Sterling Sterling Shepard was a huge disappointment in that game. Golden Tate didn't do anything that would—he he won me a prop bet, but he didn't do anything that would justify putting him in a fantasy lineup and uh, Darius Slayton has one catch the last two weeks Um, he's obviously not 100% Um, I don't want any of these guys in my lineup if Daniel Jones doesn't play and frankly they're low-end options even if Daniel Jones does play the guy I feel good about for the Giants as you mentioned well Evan Ingram's getting enough targets to fire in there as a tight end one but the guy you mentioned that I feel good about is Wayne Gallman, who's been kind of a revelation here for the Giants. He's done a nice job. Um, he's producing low end RB1 numbers. I would stick with Wayne Gallman, whether or not Daniel Jones plays in this game.
0: Okay. Chiefs, Dolphins. Really curious to get your breakdown about this one, Joe. I'm- it's Mahomes to uh, what do you got? Well, I'm excited
1: to see um, uh, Mahomes against this defense. Just as a football fan, um, the the I think everybody knows what to do with the Chiefs at this point. But the big question is is the running back situation. Um, I really hope you survived um, uh, on uh, on on Sunday night because Clyde Edwards-Alaire was active, but it was clear early in that game that he was only going to play in the case of an emergency because he had an illness this week. I think it was a stomach flu. Um, We'll see what they do in the backfield, but at this point, I don't think you can trust Edwards-Alaire or Le'Veon Bell as anything more than a flex. They just throw the ball all over the field. Um, I I think you downgrade slightly Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins, given the matchup against these great Dolphins outside corners. But my question to you, Ross, is are you, are you in week 14 in your fantasy playoff matchup and you're like, oh, Mahomes is against that good Dolphin defense and Brian Flores, I better bench him? You're not going to do it. It's, 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 it's not a great matchup, but it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Tyreek Hill, one play can change the entire game. The only really question you have with the Chiefs is, what am I doing with the backfield? Dolphins on the other side. Thought Tua played pretty well. Um, early on in that game, um, I, I was like, "Oh boy, um, what what's gonna happen here with the quarterback situation?" And he wasn't putting up numbers. And then he calmed down. He settled down. Uh, he yet again, he has not thrown an interception as a starting quarterback or hell, as any kind of quarterback in the NFL. He hasn't thrown a pick. Uh, has Tua? Um, but then you you take a look at the fact that. They had 406 yards. Tua goes 26-39 of for 296, and he throws a touchdown pass. And they score only 19 points. And the, the, the question is, did they, they didn't need to score more than 19 points, okay? Cincinnati didn't gain 200 yards of offense in that game. But uh, Devontae Parker had a tough matchup with William Jackson, who did a good job on him. The good news for Devontae Parker, I know we talked last week about, hey, if you have Parker, you have Gasicki, you want Fitzpatrick at quarterback. The good news for Parker is he got eight targets. William Jackson did a really nice job on him. Um, I I would think Devontae Parker is going to see enough targets to be a wide receiver three in this matchup. Gasicki was a revelation, made a one-handed catch, a great catch on a a throw from Tua that was a little far out in front of him. Uh, he scored a touchdown last week. I think he's on the tight end one radar. And Miles Gaskin back in the lineup. I would think Miami is going to try to run the football to keep the ball. They're gonna they're gonna try to make this as low scoring a game as possible. Miles Gaskin gets uh, 23 touches. He has 141 yards from scrimmage, including a 35 yard reception last week uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. He's on the RB two radar. And and look, I understand Tua played pretty well last week. He is a, I mean, bottom-of-the-barrel streamer. Uh, Again, 32 teams are playing this week, 32 different quarterbacks. I'd rather be playing somebody like Jalen Hurts than a Tonga-Vailoa simply because of Hurts' escapability.
0: Before we move on to the Titans and the Jags, I do want to make sure you're playing DFS. It needs to be DraftKings. You're betting on games, it needs to be DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new players the chance to earn a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code Ross. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet. Live betting, betting on your favorite players from the information Joe gives you in fantasy. They do it all. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code Ross when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code ROSS to get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER-TITANS, JAGS. Are you expecting a lot of points, a lot of fantasy production, Joe?
1: Well, what has happened to that Titan defense? I mean, uh, was the Titan MVP last year not Ryan Tannehill, not Derek Henry, but Dean Pease, the defensive coordinator? Because they offered up absolutely zero resistance to Baker Mayfield last week. And I saw there was a tweet that was like, Baker Mayfield's an MVP candidate because I was like, what have you been watching this year? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe last week he was an MVP candidate, but uh, uh, not, not for the whole season. The Titans defense has been abominable. And uh, let's start with the Jaguars. Given that Mike Lennon, the thing I like about Glennon is he will throw the football down the field. And, you know, Mike Lennon said it a couple of weeks ago. He's like, Hey, Hey, I, I mean, I don't know when I'm going to get the start again. He's cashing his paychecks, but he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the football and I'm gonna throw it down the field and it's kind of resulted in some production for like Colin Johnson, uh, who is much more of a dynasty guy right now than he is a, a redraft guy. The disappointment was DJ Chark uh, coming back from the injury. He had seven targets, which actually led the Jaguars last week, but he caught just two of them for forty-one yards. That being said. I know that you're going to be like, I'm done with Chark, and he's killing me, and and all this. Look at what happened last week to this Titan defense. They could not cover Donovan Peoples-Jones, okay? I think DJ Chark is going to get open in this game. So I'd have him. He's going to be one of my favorite DFS plays of this week because nobody's going to be on him, maybe because of the matchup, but given his recent history, nobody is going to be excited to play him. I want to play DJ Chark uh, in DFS this week and as a wide receiver three for redraft, and you know what to do with James Robinson. You know what to do with him. Um, uh, He's in your lineup each and every week. Uh, What would make me feel better about DJ Chark, or even in a deeper league, if you want to take a shot on Colin Johnson – Remember, LaVisca Chenault hurt his thumb towards the end of that game last week. Um, that could open up uh, uh, room for Keelan Cole to potentially make some plays as well. Um, if LaVisca Chenault cannot play, that's going to make DJ Chark just look all the more appealing
0: to me. What about for the Titans
1: offensively? Uh, again, uh, the Titans are a very narrow fantasy team against Jacksonville. There's, there's, four, there's four guys for the Titans who are definitely in your lineup. Um, uh, Derrick Henry... Corey Davis, A.J. Brown. These guys are in your lineup right now. To Ryan Tannehill, he's been a top seven quarterback for fantasy this year. This is a good spot for him. He put up numbers last week. Um, he is a very good starting option this week. The guy you have to make a decision on is the tight end. And Johnu Smith's hurt. Um, and I know it was it was slow coming last week. Uh, because they got off to a slow start offensively. But at that end of the game, when Tennessee was driving to try to make some plays, Anthony Ferkser ended up picking up uh, five catches for 51 yards. Um, I, if Johnny Smith plays, he hasn't done anything of late. That would make me excited to play him. But if he doesn't go again, Anthony Ferkser is on the tight end streaming radar.
0: Cowboys, Bengals. You know, <laughs> the Cowboys receivers got open. I mean, they, they. I thought the offensive line actually blocked pretty well. Gave Dalton time. Mm-hmm. They moved the ball. They just stalled out in Ravens territory. Missed field goals. Dalton missed Gallup wide open one time, etc.
1: Yeah, and look, Gallup. How real is what happened uh, on Monday night? Na- uh, excuse me, Tuesday night against Baltimore. Because he sees eleven targets, he leads the team. He scores the touchdown. It's his first touchdown since Dak Prescott got injured. How real is that? How much are you willing to bank on that now? Um, that how much are you willing to bank on that now that it's Week fourteen in the playoffs? I I'm a little skeptical, to be completely honest with you, and I wouldn't consider him anything more than a wide receiver three. Noted, it is an Andy Dalton revenge game. So, you know, Andy Dalton's going to want to come out here and put up numbers. But my, I'm, I still prefer in my lineup at, Cabo, at wide receiver, Amari Cooper is a wide receiver two, and CeeDee Lamb is a wide receiver three. And it's been like pulling teeth, but Zeke Elliott's a, a running back two. I mean, last night, uh, if we are recording this on Wednesday, he go, he puts up 90, uh, 95 yards from scrimmage. He catches four passes. He doesn't get in the end zone, but that's enough for an RB2 for you. Um, keep in mind, um, like I said earlier, uh, earlier I thought William Jackson the Bengals corner did a really nice job on Devontae Parker last week I wonder if he's going to make life a little bit more difficult uh for Amari Cooper than you might think in this matchup
0: good point Joe uh Bengals offensively what a disaster
1: (laughs) um Tyler Boyd gets ejected and like here's 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 the problem they're playing the Cowboys who I mean was there an easier touchdown for somebody to score than that Lamar Jackson touchdown. Like, I mean, how many easier touchdowns have been scored in the NFL? This is Leighton Vander Esch is still looking for Lamar Jackson. Like, I mean, he, he has absolutely no clue where he is. Um, the problem is with Cincinnati, whether the quarterbacks, Ryan Finley or Brandon Allen, Brandon Allen got hurt. Um, uh, what kind of numbers are they going to put up here? AJ, AJ Green again was catchless. Uh, Tyler Boyd got ejected. The run game is non-existent for Cincinnati right now. Um, the only guy who I think I could even consider playing, even though this is a bad, a good, a bad defense, is T. Higgins, who seems to be getting um, uh, targets from both Finley or and Allen. Um, I, I mean, Ross. Frankly, I don't want a single Bengal in my lineup in the playoffs. I understand you might need to. T. Higgins uh, is viable as a wide receiver three, and Gio Bernard is a low end flex. That's about it for Cincinnati, even in this matchup.
0: Okay. Two more games here in episode 1, Houston and Chicago. Houston, Deshaun Watson can make anyone yeah. have a good fantasy day, Joe.
1: Uh Kiki Kuti out of Bill O'Brien's doghouse and uh he is now like um he's now their their number 2 receiver and and he's kind of been uh frankly Deshaun Watson's go-to guy even over Brandon Cooks um who, who, by the way, uh, was checked for a concussion in that game. And, I mean, thankfully he was cleared to return, but you, you understand the the risks um, with Brandon Cooks, given how many concussions he's had in his career. But Kiki Kuti has been a go-to guy for Deshaun Watson the last number of weeks, and I'm firing him up as a wide receiver too. I really am. I, I mean, Deshaun Watson is at the point right now um, where – he was able to build up the confidence this year because when even before Will Fuller went down, Deshaun Watson was playing. Uh, what uh, was was playing comfortable? He was playing MVP level football. Not to say he's going to win the MVP. This team's not good enough for him to do that. But he was playing MVP level football, and and I think he's going to continue to attack. You know, this is a Chicago defense that surrendered over 400 passing yards to Matthew Stafford last week, and Matthew Stafford's playing without his best wide receiver in Kenny Galladay. So I think Deshaun Watson can attack this this team down the field and I think Brandon Cooks is a wide receiver too the Kiki is a wide receiver too and I anticipate though he probably won't be in many season-long lineups I think some uh some DFS players are going to try to catch um catch some uh, heat and chase points with Chad Hansen, who had over 100 receiving yards raise your hand if you uh if you knew what team Chad Hansen was on before last week because I didn't I didn't know. And he comes out and he goes for 100 yards. That's the kind of football that Deshaun Watson's playing right now. This passing game is viable because of Deshaun Watson. The run game. You have two flex options in David and Duke Johnson. That I mean, Duke Johnson caught more passes than I thought he would last week. David Johnson did nothing as a receiver. He still looks slow to me, but he got in the end zone, and they'll um and they'll I guess they'll run the ball uh when they're when they're in the red zone. But other than that, I mean this is a this is a pass first team, even without Will Fuller.
0: The Bears. Trubisky actually did some positive things. Mm -hmm. They ran the ball pretty well. They put up 30 points, and they still lost. What do we need to know about the Bears from a fantasy perspective?
1: Well, uh, if, you, uh, if you have David Montgomery in your playoff matchups, your MVP is Mitchell Trubisky because David Montgomery is a completely different back when Mitchell Trubisky is in their quarterback. And we discussed it a couple of weeks ago. They play Trubisky under center more than they played Nick Foles. And David mm-hmm. Montgomery just seems to be a much better runner When the quarterback's under center, he understands where he's got to go, that he's got to get downhill. He had a fantastic game last week against Detroit, and Houston has been a great matchup for opposing run games. David Montgomery is a slam dunk RB1 this week, slam dunk. Um, uh, Cordell Patterson got involved a little bit. He had 10 carries and had a touchdown run. I I can't anticipate that he's going to be in many season-long lineups, but he's a low-end flex if need be. Uh, Allen Robinson... Mitchell Trubisky and he have been on the same page the last couple weeks, which is good news. He's a wide receiver one, again, against a Houston team that doesn't have its top corner in Bradley Roby. So it's a great matchup there. And at the tight end position, three straight weeks, Cole Komet has outsnapped Jimmy Graham. It appears that they are they have seeded a workload to Cole Komet, who scored a touchdown last week. Probably not somebody who's going to be used in a whole lot of fantasy lineups. But if you're dumpster diving for DFS and you are really, really hurting at the tight end, maybe Hayden Hurst is hurting you, for instance. And you're like, everybody, the, the waiver wire's picked clean, but Cole Komet's out there, you could probably give a look to him as well. Um, if you need Mitchell Trubisky as a streamer, he didn't really come through last week despite going 26-34 because they had three rushing touchdowns from Montgomery and Patterson. Um, but he played well enough that I think you could take another shot on him this week against Houston.
0: So let's get to the last game, Denver, Carolina. DJ Moore tested positive, so he's Mm going to be out. There's other guys like Curtis Samuel on the COVID list that I believe are just close contact. So what do we need to know here?
1: Uh, What you need to know is you play Christian McCaffrey and then you wait the rest of the week to see what happens with this wide receiver position. Again, we just talked about Houston being down a top corner in Bradley Roby. A.J. Boye uh, from Denver was kind of caught up in the same, I guess the same supplement that Will Fuller and uh, and, and Bradley Roby tested positive for. So this is a better passing game matchup than you might anticipate. But Ross, sitting here on a Wednesday, I don't know who's going to be on the COVID list, who's going to be off the COVID list. Um, I guess right now Robbie Anderson isn't on it, so uh, he's the safest guy to play here. But uh, unfortunately, outside of uh, expecting Christian McCaffrey to be back, we have too many questions on Wednesday right now to throw full support behind the Carolina Panthers.
0: Right. What about Denver? And what you saw uh, last time out, <clears throat> um, Melvin
1: Gordon just looks better than Philip Lindsay to me right now. And like, here is the thing about Lindsay: he's one of those guys. Like every uh, every like couple weeks, he busts off like a sixty yard run, and you are like, oh my god, why don't they use this guy more? And then the next week, he's got fourteen carries for twenty six yards. They have really struggled to run the football, and you are beginning to see why they they sign Melvin Gordon. They just don't trust Lindsay in full. Um, Lindsay is just not a fantasy option to me. He doesn't catch passes. Um, he has too many bad games. Um, he he. Should be on your bench right now, quite frankly. Um, Melvin Gordon is a low-end RB2. Noah Fant is a viable tight end one. Um, Drew Locke is not playing well enough for me to consider streaming him, but the receiver who I gravitate to with Denver is not Jerry Judy who has gotten open quite a bit this year, but has really struggled with drops. He has just one catch for five yards the last two weeks, by the way, including a yeah, game with Kendall Hinton at quarterback. We understand that, but he's not on the radar. The guy who the guy who Drew Locke throws to in the red zone, his big play guy, the guy he trusts the most is Tim Patrick. And Tim Patrick, you know, Dante Jackson's been banged up for Carolina, their top corner. He's been in and out of the lineup all year. I kind of feel like Tim Patrick is somebody who should be on the wide receiver three radar this week. Again, this is not a good fantasy team. And in weeks when all 32 teams are playing, you can avoid playing guys from bad fantasy teams. Like, well, I talked about it with Cincinnati. Like, I – how how are you excited about playing anybody from Cincinnati? Denver is just a slight tier above that right now. But Tim Patrick has been Drew Locke's go-to guy all season. It is not a bad matchup. I think Tim Patrick could get in the end zone here against Carolina and really come through as a wide receiver three for you.
0: You probably don't like fantasy football unless you are gone to fantasypoints.com and you've used the code FEAST. You probably just, well, maybe you like fantasy football, but you just don't want to make sure you win. Because everything Joe's saying, there's like 5 million times that. Fantasypoints.com, use the code FEAST. We've got eight late games, including the Sunday Nighter and the Monday Nighter. It's an exactly even slate this week for the first time. So we'll wrap up this one and record the next one. It'll be in your podcast app shortly after midnight. I'm stuffed, but I got plenty of room for the second half of the meal. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and The College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.